0: Hello Rebels, you're listening to a free audio-only recording of my weekly Wednesday night show, The Gun Show. Tonight my guest is my friend Alex Newman of The New American and The Epoch Times. And he lives in Florida where things are free and open and the conservative governor, Ron DeSantis, is amazing. Just amazing. He will not bend to pressure from the media or the left or the cancel culture mob. It's really something to behold. Now, if you like listening to the show, then I promise you're going to love watching it, but in order to watch, you need to be a subscriber to Rebel News Plus. That's what we call our long-form TV-style shows here on Rebel News. Subscribers get access to my show, as well as Ezra's nightly Ezra Levant show, David Menzies' super, super fun Friday night show Rebel Roundup, and Andrew Chapados' brand-new show, Andrew says it's only eight bucks a month to subscribe and you know what we didn't raise the price when we brought Andrew's show online so it's an extra bargain and just for our podcast listeners you can save an extra 10% on a new Rebel News Plus subscription by using the coupon code podcast when you subscribe just go to rebelnewsplus.com to become a member today and now please enjoy this free audio only version of my show. it's like living in the freest state in the freest country that has ever existed on the face of the earth in all of human history my guest tonight explains what it's like to live in beautiful florida i'm sheila gunreed and you're watching the gun show While here in Canada, conservative leaders are basically indistinguishable from the worst liberal or New Democrat politicians in the United States, conservative Republican governors are holding the line on freedom and civil liberties during the time of the coronavirus. And they're being led by Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. Now, DeSantis has been under attack for his approach to the coronavirus Since the very beginning of the coronavirus scare way back in March, mainstream media and the left, but I'm kind of repeating myself there, all predicted some sort of mass casualty event because he didn't cancel spring break on the beach. The mass casualty event never actually materialized, but instead of using that approach that DeSantis took to spring break as a learning situation, a teachable moment, as the left says for how to deal with the coronavirus going forward, The left and the media predictably doubled down, ignoring catastrophes unfolding in strict Democrat lockdown states like New York to focus their attention on DeSantis and cheer for the failure of DeSantis and predict the deaths of Floridians at his hands. What a bunch of ghouls. But some 15 months later, DeSantis and his approach have been proven right. That lockdowns don't work, that life never should have been disrupted, and that businesses and schools... Should have remained open from the very beginning. But it's not just on the coronavirus where DeSantis shines, where he's the torchbearer of true conservative values right now in the United States. He's refusing to bow to mainstream media and lefty pressure, again, I'm repeating myself there, on issues of vaccine passports, critical race theory, the Wuhan lab leak hypothesis, and he's even brought in a new law that prevents big tech companies from deplatforming political candidates, something President Trump should have done in his four years in power. Florida is where normal survived the pandemic, while conservative leaders in the rest of the world. Well, they haven't taken their boot off the neck of normal in nearly a year and a half. So joining me now to discuss what it's like to live in the beautiful Ron DeSantis utopia is my friend Alex Newman of the New American Magazine and the Epoch Times. Take a listen. is alex newman from the new american and a host of other publications and i wanted to have alex on the show to talk about what could have been in alberta if our conservative leader was actually conservative because alex lives in florida uh the freest state in the union i i think probably the freest jurisdiction in the world right now i was going to say the free world but i think florida is truly the freest place in the world right now and you guys in florida you're living your best life you haven't had coronavirus restrictions really ever um but what were left those are all gone too right
1: yeah at, at the state level we had virtually nothing uh, most of the restrictions that we did have came from local tyrants in uh, left-wing jurisdictions so we we actually had the very first pastor arrested was here in florida it was a pastor out in tampa very well-known pastor uh, pastor howard and uh, they, they did this big show. They had you know, a helicopter and, and a press conference. They even brought out another pastor to say why this pastor that they were arresting was wrong. Uh, but then our dear governor, Ron DeSantis, stepped in and said, like, look, you need to let that man go right now. Church is essential. Cut it out. Uh, And so that was overturned very quickly. And and that set the tone for the rest of the pandemic. Uh, Our schools opened up almost immediately. Uh, We did have a handful of of left wing jurisdictions that mandated the uh, the face diapers. But even those, uh, our governor said anybody who violated one of the local restrictions, he would just pardon them immediately. Uh, And our governor does have in our state constitution the authority to pardon people. So basically, we've been living as normal here. I mean, you know, the sensible people have been, at least. There's, of course, the people that watch CNN that walk around with a face diaper uh, of their own free will. But I uh, know Florida is really an amazing place to be. And I travel a lot, you know, even around the United States. You're right. Uh, the United States is by far, or the state of Florida is by far the freest jurisdiction in the United States. Uh, and therefore, I think by extension, it's the freest jurisdiction in the world. And I can promise you, we don't have people dropping dead out in the streets from lack of, uh, you know, face diaper protection and all the rest of it. In fact, if you look at our numbers, they're significantly better than all the states that did the tyranny, the New York and Washington Uh, We're doing just fine here. Uh, Freedom actually works. Imagine.
0: Yeah, it's funny because a lot of Canadian snowbirds were far more likely to be vaccinated if that's what they want to do. If they were in Florida, as opposed to if they were at home uh, here in Canada. Um, And Governor DeSantis really has set the tone for the entire state. And I think he is, you know, CNN will tell you that Cuomo Gropiol Cuomo was America's governor, but I think DeSantis, if you are a freedom-minded American who believes in the Constitution, then Governor DeSantis truly is America's governor. And I think setting the tone with pardoning people who were being ticketed and hammered with these coronavirus lockdown violations, um, that's something that I wish uh, I would see from a conservative leader here in Canada. I mean, as you know, we've set up an entire civil liberties charity uh, called Fight the Fines, just helping normal people fight their lockdown tickets. And the majority of those tickets, I'm ashamed to say, are coming from conservative-led jurisdictions like Ontario, like Manitoba, like my home province of Alberta, where we've now imprisoned three pastors um, for the crime of holding unconstrained church services during the pandemic. Um, Now, I wanted to talk to you about one thing that I think is so, um, it's so indicative of Governor DeSantis's foresight going forward. And this is the one thing that I was highly critical of Trump because he had the power to do something about big tech and he just never seemed to get there, but not Governor DeSantis.
1: Yeah, so we did get a, an excellent new law here in the state of Florida that will try to hold the big tech companies accountable. So if they censor uh, a political candidate who's running for state or even for local office, they will face massive fines. Uh, and that's a good start, right, because we don't want the tech companies interfering in our elections. They, they also will have to disclose if they're giving people a boost, right, if their favorite candidate is getting shown up in everybody's news feeds. Uh, they'll have to reveal that. They'll have to, to report that as an in-kind donation. Uh, So these are very, very good steps. Uh, I hope we're going to see a lot more of this. I hope this will be just the first step in trying to sort this out. There's a lot of things that work here, you know, and I'm the first one to say, uh, yeah, companies should have uh, freedom to do what they want. But this is a totally different animal. What we're talking about here with the social media companies, uh, and even companies like Google, uh, is an effort to deceive people. It's an effort to manipulate people. A uh, project Veritas just revealed, uh, just in the last few days, uh, an incredibly explosive story out of Facebook that naturally is being censored, where they're actually assigning a score. To people's comments, to people's posts about vaccines. And the more vaccine hesitant it is, the lower score it gets, and therefore it gets uh, basically hidden. Nobody can see it. Whereas, so, it sorry, that, nonsense. sorry,
0: I don't mean to interrupt you, but this sounds a lot like a social credit score that you would yes. see from the CCP. Okay, that's sorry. Exactly I didn't mean to right. that,
1: that's where this is all moving. Uh, that, that's what's so Orwellian about this. And so actually, um, I, I wrote an article in the Epic Times, uh, probably a couple months ago now, about legislation that was being pursued in Montana. Uh, I think this was a really, really good model as well. It failed by one vote, unfortunately. A couple of the rhino Republicans, we call them the Republicans in name only, crossed mm-hmm. over to vote with Democrats. And so uh, they were able to block this this time. But what it would have done is put the uh, social media companies under the. Montana has what they call a public service commission. It's an elected commission. And this would have put them under the authority of the public service commission. So uh, under the legislation, if these companies were discriminating against people based on their political views, based on their religious views, if you're a Christian, for example, uh, you would have had recourse. You could have gone to the Public Service Commission and said, look, this company is discriminating against me. And then the Public Service Commission would would offer the company the opportunity to make it right. And if they refused, then they would pay uh, massive fines. And so I interviewed a lot of the people involved from the state senate, from the state house, and also from the public service commission. And they said, "Look, this is the same thing as saying like, you know, if if you're a black person or a Muslim, you got to ride at the back of the bus, right? I mean, yeah. this is not acceptable in our society anymore." And then you add to the fact, add to this, the fact that these social media companies were uh, stood up with help from our government, with help from taxpayer money. Incubell is always right there behind the scenes, the investment arm of the intelligence community. Uh, And and you realize these are not just independent companies. Uh, These these are almost uh, appendages of the government, and they need to be brought to heel. They need to be brought under control. And so I'm very proud of our governor. I'm very proud of our legislature for taking these actions to try to hold these people accountable. And again, hopefully it'll just be the first step among many in uh, bringing these wicked, wicked corporations to heel.
0: Yeah, I mean, when you think about the size of these companies and the information that they control, and um, in the case of PayPal, which is has been problematic to use the language of the left for us here at Rebel News, but also for you, you told me, um, you know, they really are like virtual countries. They're oligarchs, really, with the amount of again information they control and finance they control. Um, they really get to decide who gets heard and who doesn't. And it's really interesting to see the people who would not shut up. About Russian collusion for years and years and years defend uh, social media and big tech collusion working to silence the competition to their preferred candidates.
1: Yeah, it it really is outrageous. I'm glad you brought up PayPal. Just a couple of days after I had you on my program to talk about how PayPal banned uh, Rebel Media, they banned little old me. Um, (laughs) And, you know, it's just pathetic. I I think they have this uh, unhinged bigotry. But frankly, I I think in a real way, this is opening up a space for competition. And hopefully that's going to be a healthy thing. If I was a shareholder of PayPal, I'd probably be filing a lawsuit because this is obviously not uh, in the best interest of the shareholders there, I think, flagrantly uh, yeah. violating their fiduciary obligation to the people who invested in this company and expect this company to make business decisions based on what's going to make profit, not based on pursuing their insane hatred and bigotry against Christians and conservatives. Um, but, you know, be that as it may, these social media companies, they really they've gotten so much power now to the point where they're influencing elections. They're, they're manipulating people to make certain medical decisions without fully understanding the implications of that. Uh, it's a very, very dangerous situation. And so uh you know I'm glad that so many American states are now working on this. I agree with you Trump really should have hit this harder. He he had a good understanding of what was happening and how they were sure. all working against him. Uh but we really do need to bring these companies under control. The the consequences for self-government, for individual liberty, uh e- even for proper understanding, right? Our our governor here, Ron DeSantis, convened a panel of scientists. Uh, It was really some of the top scientists in the world. He had scientists from Oxford, from Stanford, from Harvard University uh, on on the coronavirus restrictions, the the face mask mandates, the shutdowns, lockdowns. Uh, and and he actually asked them well what about this censorship that we're seeing now from the big technology companies they said look that's actually dangerous okay uh, the, <laughs> the way you pursue science is people have a discussion and and you present your evidence and then people have a chance to say no that evidence is wrong for this reason that's yeah. how we move forward with scientific knowledge with medical knowledge and yet when you have an entire side of the conversation or multiple sides of the conversation just being squashed in silence uh, you run the risk of making some very very serious mistakes you run the and when you're talking about public health we're talking about the lives of millions of people on the line here. They said this is dangerous. Dr. Scott Atlas said this is a dangerous phenomenon. And I agree. Uh, People's lives are being put at risk here. And unless these social media companies want to be held personally liable for Some of these kinds of mistakes that result from their censorship, like, you know, this thing where they said that the Wuhan virus was totally natural, They actually censored us for suggesting that it might have come out of this Institute of Virology in communist China. Now, Dr. Fauci says, well, maybe that happened. So, uh, you know, now they're having to walk that. Are they going to go back and uncensor us? Are they going to go back and remove all those strikes? I can guarantee you they won't. So we have a real problem here with, you know, some some geeks in Silicon Valley with, you know, purple hair and transgender, you know, trying to decide what medical information doctors are allowed to talk about. They're not doctors. And even if they were, they don't know everything. It's a grotesque situation. And I think somebody needs to be held responsible.
0: Yeah. I mean, you see a lot of and again, this goes back to how you and I first met at the UN climate change conferences, you see a lot of the same attitude being applied to the coronavirus, um, as you see applied to climate change, as in the science is settled. Uh, the debate is over. Anybody who talks about maybe there's a different way to do things. You're a complete heretic. Um, and even when the doomsday predictions don't manifest which they haven't in either circumstance. Everybody just pretends like they didn't make those doomsday predictions and that they weren't wrong and they, they, they just keep moving forward because they're the same people with the power to censor the Internet.
1: That's right. Uh, And, you you know, Sheila, this is a hallmark of people who are wrong. Um, If their arguments were good, if their evidence was strong, if their predictions were credible, there would be absolutely no need to censor people, to shadow ban people, to have Google write the algorithms to, you know, not return news from rebel news or whatever. Um, it, It really is uh, evidence, I think clear evidence that these people understand that in a free marketplace of ideas, their lies and their propaganda are going to lose. You know, th- that's when in, in the 2016 election, I think they had this realization that, oh my goodness, our propaganda is not working anymore. Uh, you know, if people have, and it was still a rigged marketplace of ideas, there were still shadow banning people who told the truth. It wasn't quite, you know, banning completely, but you know, now we see why if people have the option, they'll go for the truth, at least many of them will. And and their narratives were imploding. I mean, all, all the big media companies together on YouTube were getting less views than just some a handful of alternative voices. So they got really scared. And I, I think this is in a way an admission that they realize uh, their narrative is losing. So it's encouraging in one way. But we do need to have our states. Uh, And and maybe even uh, federal governments step into this and say, look, this is inappropriate. It's against our laws. It's also deceitful, right? Uh, Most people who sign up to Facebook or who use Google, they assume that this is an honest, even playing field, that when they search for something in Google, they're going to get results based on some objective criteria, not based on the personal preferences of some tech geek in Silicon Valley. And yet that's not what they're getting. Uh, Plus, you add to that the data gathering, the data. mining. who gave Google permission to, to save every search result we've ever made. Nobody did, right? I mean, it's in the terms of service. It's just absolutely crazy. And I think we need to have a a broad national and really international discussion about the power that these corporations have usurped, the deceptive business practices they're using. And I think we ought to start with Michael Crow in the state of Arizona, uh, who his cover job is uh, president of Arizona State University, but his real job is chairman of IncuTel, the CIA, NSA investment company that's standing up all these companies and then weaponizing them against the people of the United States
0: boy. Oh boy. It, it's scary when you realize the power these people have and then all the things they know about you yes. and you, and that you let them know about you because you just signed up for this stuff thinking, as you say, that these are just ways to connect with people instead of ways to mine every little bit about who you are and what you like and who your friends are. I mean, it's just, yeah, it's creepy when you think about it. Yes. Um, yes. Now I wanted to ask you about another thing that Ron DeSantis has done. And it's, again, completely opposite of what's happening here in some of the more conservative jurisdictions in Canada. Right now in Alberta, our reopening is tied to our vaccination rate. Basically, if we aren't strong-armed into getting a vaccine, well, then our neighbours who run a small business, they may never get to open their restaurant again or or that kind of thing. You're You're being coerced through guilt and uh, uh, into you know taking um, a vaccine. And whatever you feel about the efficacies of vac- this vaccine or these vaccines or not, I'm strongly against coercion and, and tying the reopening of the economy to these things. And on the flip side, in the freest place in the world, in Florida, you've got a governor who just banned a vaccine passport.
1: Yeah again we we are just so blessed to be here in Florida and you know it, it, in church and in, in community meetings everybody's just so thankful for our governor uh, be, for having the foresight here he was you know one of the first to to speak out against this he did use an executive order to ban it uh, and then he said and and I just I love this about him look an executive order is not enough, okay? We, we need to put this in our laws because I'm not going to be governor forever. Who knows who's going to be the next governor? We need so to make smart. sure that there is a, a law in place. And so he actually went to the legislature. He convinced the legislature that we needed an actual law on the books that would make this ban permanent and final. Uh, and so they did. Uh, the, the legislature passed the law. The governor signed that. And so we are now the first and I, I, maybe the only jurisdiction on planet Earth. You know, some of the other governors have taken action, but we actually have a law in place so that the next governor can't come in and say, just kidding, we're having vaccine passports. Uh, And so God bless Ron DeSantis. God bless our legislature for this. Uh, And, you know, because Florida did this, everybody else almost in the world is going to benefit. Florida is one of the top tourism destinations on planet Earth. I mean, we've got Orlando, we've got Miami, we've got we've got people from all over the world that are constantly coming here. And um, and this is, I think, a real strong message. And we've had some of the big crony companies, you know, the cruise lines, Norwegian cruise lines. Remember that name? They're trying to bully our governor. They're trying to bully our legislature right now into overturning those restrictions so that they can mandate vaccines and mandate vaccine passports to go on their cruises. And again, regardless of what you think of these experimental shots that are not even FDA approved, by the way, they're only approved for emergency use authorization, regardless of what you think of these things. And I encourage you to go listen to some of the doctors who are being censored and find out why they're being censored. But regardless of what you think of these things, it is immoral to make people have to carry their papers and prove their health status and their vaccination status to be able to participate in everyday life. Um, you know, th- this is one of the reasons why the Nazis got in so much trouble at the Nuremberg. Right? You got to carry your papers everywhere. You're going to subject people to uh, medical experimentation against their uh, will without informed consent. I mean, th- these principles have been enshrined in in Western law and American law for for many generations and for good reason. And yet now we're just throwing that all out the window window. So Ron DeSantis and our, and our governor, uh, our, our legislature, have done a very, very important thing here. I hope this will inspire other states to follow suit. I know Canada is not quite as fortunate, but uh, hey, it's never too late to turn around, walk back from the cliff, and, and use some common sense here.
0: Yeah, it's really something to see Ron DeSantis not only protecting people's rights, but I mean, he's preserving human dignity and privacy. You do not have to disclose your private medical information to complete and total strangers on a cruise line. You know, that's really what it comes down to. Do you have a right to hold your private medical information private? Or do you have to give it to everybody just so that you can participate in society? And, uh You know, good for Governor DeSantis and good for him on so many things. He also has banned critical race theory in school and or is it in school or is it in government in general?
1: Uh, In schools, actually. Okay,
0: great. What a protection for parents, by the way, to do that for them.
1: Yeah, it, it's really been phenomenal. I want to say one more thing about the vaccine passports, Please. too. You know, even for the people who think maybe this vaccine passport might be a good idea because I don't trust the vaccine enough to trust that after I've gotten it, I'm going to be protected. E- even if you believe that, uh, what happens when they start mandating the next one and then the next one after that? And then uh, they start adding other stuff to it. You know, maybe you need to, to prove this status or that status. And then they turn it into a Chinese social credit system where, well, you got a score and you haven't had all your vaccines, plus you've expressed unpopular opinions on Facebook. Yeah. Yep. Well, you know, we probably can't let you on this airplane. Uh, it's very dangerous, folks. Even if you you're okay with it where it is right now, you got to realize this is just the building block that will be built upon. Uh, as for the critical race theory issues, um. Yes, Ron DeSantis did uh, issue an order making this uh, uh, prohibited in government indoctrination centers posing as schools. Uh, Unfortunately, uh, I've heard from all across the state that even though the governor has banned this, this nonsense is still being taught. Uh, They're still using textbooks that use it. So we're going to have to go a step further. You know, the, the critical race theory, unfortunately, this has been around for a long time and only just recently kind of bubbled into public view. But this this is a worldview. In fact, I just finished reading an incredible book by Vodi Baucom, uh, one of the best known evangelical pastors here in America. Now he actually lives in Africa. Um, he uh, he runs the African Christian University but um he wrote this incredible book called fault lines and he calls this a demonic cult um you know and, and this is a mainstream very well-known pastor he says this is a worldview and the problem is many of our teachers have been infected this is how they see the world now uh, it is of course a marxist worldview um I interviewed a, a wonderful lady from China uh, Lily Tang Williams I serve on a board with her and she said this is exactly the same kind of stuff that chairman Mao did in China uh he he got the kids he divided them up he forced them all into these indoctrination centers called public schools. Then he divided them up into two classes. You had the black classes and the red classes. Uh, The black classes were the bad ones. They were the ones who were counter-revolutionaries, landowners, business owners, middle-class people, uh, Christians, uh, and so on. And then you had the red classes. These were the landless peasants, the revolutionary soldiers, the communist party members. Uh, And so You divide the kids up into two classes. They actually would force the the kids in the black classes to stand up in front of the class and do what they called self-criticism. We're seeing the exact same kind of stuff here. They're forcing uh, children of European heritage or even Christian children to stand up in front of the class and apologize for their privilege. Uh, and what uh, Lily said is, look, you know, it didn't happen right away, but within a few years, the blood started flowing, right? You divide people up into oppressed and oppressors. And it's, of course, a, a Marxist way of looking at things. So Trump did try to get a handle on this at the federal level. He banned uh, critical race theory trainings and indoctrination of federal employees. I'm very glad that Ron DeSantis has, has started the process here in Florida, but this is going to be a very, very tough issue to crack because when a large segment of your teachers and a large segment of your textbooks use critical race theory as the lens through which they understand everything. Um, it's not like you can just wave a magic wand and, and get rid of it. It's going to be a long process. Um, I'm glad now that parents are speaking out. I'm glad now that other governors have followed Ron DeSantis's lead and are speaking out as well. But this is going to be a very long, very difficult, very arduous process to get this out, assuming it's even possible at this point.
0: Now, I think that brings me to um, something that you are doing outside of your journalism work, um, because as you rightly point out, this is so entrenched in the school system, it's going to take so long to weed out. So, you know, why send your kids every day to some sort of Marxist struggle se- session masquerading as school? Why don't you just homeschool them? So why don't you tell us a little bit about your the work that you do in uh, helping parents understand that they are able to homeschool their kids and and do it well.
1: Yeah, well, thank you so much, Sheila, for the the opportunity. And uh, There's some really good news on that front. Our Census Bureau just released some data uh, very recently, and they found that the number of homeschool families has more than doubled since the pandemic started. We've now we've gone from like 5.6 percent of families with school aged children to now approaching 12 percent. Very, very good news. Plus, we we see uh, enrollment in private schools picking up. Uh, Meanwhile, enrollment in these government indoctrination centers is collapsing. And so this has been a passion of mine for a long time. I started writing about Common Core when they tried to nationalize our education standards back in 2012, 2013, uh, 2014 and 15. We wrote a book called Crimes of the Educators. Uh, And that's when it really hit me that all these other issues that people are concerned about, that people care about, um, education runs through all of them. Uh, And if we continue allowing the overwhelming majority of our children to be indoctrinated, to hate their parents, hate America, hate our Constitution, hate their church, hate God, uh, we are going to lose these battles in the long term. And so uh, to that end, uh, we've, we've done a lot of different things. We've now produced a special report in the New American magazine called Rescuing Our Children. I did a speaking tour through the United States. It's basically just showing parents what's going on in the public school system and showing them sure. that homeschooling is it works. It's amazing. Homeschool kids are, are just running circles around the victims of government schools. And now we finally started a, a, an organization to raise awareness about this, to work with churches on this. It's called Public School Exit. You can find us at publicschoolexit.com. And our goal is to show parents and to show pastors what's happening in the public schools and show them that there are great alternatives out there that don't involve government. You don't need to hand your children over to the government for 12 years, for five days a week, uh, for them to become educated. In fact, just the opposite is happening. And you don't have to believe me. The government has the data. They'll proudly tell you that less than one third of the children in government schools are actually proficient in Anything, Sheila. And you know, that's why parents think they're sending their kids to learn how to read, write, do math, science, history. And the government itself admits they don't know how to do those things. They do know man made global warming hypothesis inside and out. They know uh, gender theory. Uh, They know that uh, uh, people are oppressors and people are oppressed. You know, you have cisgender privilege. Uh, But when it comes to the actual things parents expect their children to learn, they're not learning it. So for me, it's a big passion. And I hope parents, you know, I'm a parent, I've got five children. Uh, I I think it's critical that parents understand um, there are other options out there. You don't have to sacrifice your children on the altar of convenience. You don't have to follow the lemmings over the cliff. Start by protecting your own children and then sound the alarm.
0: You know, I I think that's one of the things that might come out of this pandemic besides, you know, economic devastation and the stripping of civil liberties. But let's put that aside for a second. And, uh, (laughs) you know, um, that parents now realize that, you don't have to be, uh, you know, a, a teacher to teach your kids. You're the first best educator of your child. The the times in which your child is making the greatest strides in their development, you were there. You were the one teaching that. And, you know, I think that convenience argument now can also go out the window because parents, a lot of parents who've had their kids out of school because of the pandemic, um, they've realized that, you know what? We can sort of structure our children's learning around everything else that we're doing and what could be more convenient than that instead of stopping what we're doing, sending the kid to school, coming home and then planning our lives around school.
1: Yeah, education
0: and school fit to like education and life fit together when you're homeschooling now.
1: Yeah, they do. And, and, and that's what a lot of parents have realized. I, I've gotten so many emails from, you know, moms and dads who say, you know, I, I saw what they were teaching my kids in the Zoom. Right? A lot of kids did government school at home for a time. Uh, they said I was horrified by that. And so we started homeschooling and we realized, hey, we can do it. And it's fun. And our family's stronger and our children are happier and they're learning more and they're becoming more respectful. And, you know, now we're doing co-op. And so now they've got lots of new friends and these friends are a positive influence. They're not pestering them to, to go, uh, you know, take drugs and fornicate and, you know, whatever. Uh, so it's just there, there's so many benefits. Benefits to this, Uh, not just for the individual children. I tell you, when you look at homeschool families, they tend to be some of the strongest, happiest families, Uh, and there's a good reason for that, right? So I just can't encourage people strongly enough to to look into this, look into your options. Yeah, I know you went to government school and you think you came out fine back in the 1970s or 80s or 90s or whatever it is. Uh, It's getting worse by the moment. Uh, Critical race theory is just the tip of the iceberg. Uh, It's just all around a disaster. And again, you don't have to believe uh, Sheila and I just look at the government's own data on what this public school system is doing to our kids and recognize that there are other options and and maybe homeschooling is right for you. Maybe there's a good private school in your neighborhood, but there's got to be some sort of non-government option where your children can do much better and actually thrive and flourish.
0: Alex, why don't you give us uh, some of the other places where people can find the work that you do and support the work that you do?
1: Uh, thank you so much, Sheila. So. Uh, my personal website is liberty sentinel.org. Uh, that's kind of my blog and that's my company where I do different things. Uh, then uh, I'm a senior editor at the new American. You can go to thenewamerican.com If you want that uh, special report I mentioned on education, it's thenewamerican.com forward slash rescuing our children. Uh, you can get it in PDF if you live in Canada, so you don't have to worry about shipping. Uh, we have a sequel that'll be coming out this summer. We're actually just wrapping it up Great. right now because things got so much crazier in the last two years. Uh, I've done a whole series over at the Epic times on the history. History of the public school system. You can find those there. And uh, yeah, it's kind of a, a good start. And thank you so much for having me on, Sheila. Thank you for what you're doing. Uh, you know, the, the reporting you guys are doing at Rebel Media and, and especially focusing on what's happening with these pastors. You know, the world thanks you. You know, everybody owes you guys a debt of gratitude. It's just phenomenal what you're doing. And the fact that PayPal has now banned you speaks volumes as to how effective you are in crushing their lies and their propaganda.
0: Well, Alex, thank you so much for your kind words. Thank you so much for being so generous with your time. And we'll have you back on on again very, very soon. You're always very popular with uh, Rebel viewers.
1: Thank you so much, Sheila.
0: Thanks, Alex. You know, I'm so happy for Florida that they have somebody like DeSantis who is carrying on that Trumpish legacy of, not being scared of the mainstream media and instead doing what's right for the people who voted for him. And now with Florida as a case study, conservative politicians around the world, and especially here in Canada, in Alberta, Ontario, Manitoba and Saskatchewan, well, they all owe their citizens an apology for what they've done to our lives, to our businesses, to our children and to our freedom. Because these politicians allowed themselves to be manipulated by fear and public pressure from every special interest group except the people who voted them into power. Will we ever get that apology? I'm not holding my breath. Well, everybody, that's the show for tonight. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'll see everybody back here in the same time, in the same place next week. And remember, don't let the government tell you that you've had too much to think.